You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in, everybody. I don't even know what we're going to call this, Josh. This is, I guess, technically a little bit of an emergency pod, but it is a big day. It's kind of a recap of. Uh, everything that has happened in Norman, the party in the palace over the weekend, Colton Vasek commits to Oklahoma on Monday afternoon, the 2023 weak side defensive end from Austin Westlake. Uh, obviously, big deal. That's a school that Oklahoma hasn't gotten into very often. He's a Texas legacy. Uh, Josh, I know that we, we kind of previewed this weekend coming up uh, or the final weekend before everything kind of gets going with the start of the Oklahoma football season. We'll have the regular U40 coming up, I believe, this week on Wednesday. We have media day down in Norman on Tuesday, but uh, let's stop dragging this out. It's a big weekend for Oklahoma. I think things went pretty damn well at the party at the palace probably a little bit better than everybody thought it was going to be and uh today was kind of the first uh, i guess tip of the iceberg as colton vasick commits to oklahoma we've spent a lot of time the last few pods talking about you know josh told you guys to be calm man sometimes you got to take your medicine colton vasick i didn't see this coming like I, i'm not even going to pretend this is kind of what you and bob were asking about in the last few pods like right is there stuff that's going to catch you off guard? This is this is a surprise because if you go and look on the site, I honestly we were so crazy this weekend. I haven't even had a chance to update. He's not on the visitor list. He wasn't expected to be in. That was a, to my knowledge, that was a fairly late change in the game for him to come up. And uh, you know, he, he sent out some quotes to to several different entities. But uh, Nick uh, Harris, our guy, ran a story where he talked about going up there and he didn't expect to commit on that trip and it just went so well he was like this is i knew this is where i had to be like this is where i wanted to be and i i think i mean you mix him with pj atabare i i mean guys like i I did something for fun facts and you know people can go check the board but this hasn't happened this this doesn't happen where ou i mean in the next update pj atabare is probably going to be in the top 100 ou's history of landing two rivals 100 defensive ends in the same class is never that has never ever happened and that this is like twice in the matter of a week or two where i'm talking about things that no one's ever done before at at ou and this is again i i feel like i'm just going on and on but it's just crazy what's happening right now and that's even without all the other stuff that we can get into about you know what this weekend may produce in the coming month. And I guess let's just stay there. I mean, I, I think when you look at, you know, especially today with uh, Vasek's announcement, you look at Miguel Chavis, you look at Todd Bates, and, I can't, you know, it, it's kind of unbelievable that Brent Venables, Todd Bates, and Miguel Chavis haven't technically coached a game together at Oklahoma. And, I mean, they are celebrities. They are stars right now with what they are putting together, specifically on a defensive line group where we'll get into, you know, I I think everything that came out of the party at the Palace and David Hicks. But you look at what this group has done now. They're selling an idea. They're selling basically kind of a culture of what this Oklahoma program is right now. Uh, Just your kind of read on that. I mean, obviously, Miguel Chavis played a big part in landing somebody that, you know, again, 
was a Texas legacy. I, I don't think that that can be emphasized enough, and particularly at a school where they just flat out haven't had any success. I ran a quote that I got from from somebody Saturday morning after I had found out he'd visited, and kind of before it, it was really. I, so I woke up Saturday morning to a text that he may have committed, and I and I was like, "That no, no way!" Like I, I just I don't believe it. I, I'm, I, but at the same time, again, I'll own. I was very wrong on his recruitment, kind of throughout. I, I thought it was OU in Oregon at one point, and then following his official visit, I'd heard that it didn't go that well, and that maybe there was you know just something there that didn't match up. And so I thought, well, okay, it's Oregon and Texas now. And I, I, I think Oklahoma just just did an outstanding job making sure he felt like a priority, really working him hard. And I think in the end, like you said, it was the relationships he built. And what I I started this, I got so sidetracked by, you know, kind of admitting my wrongness in his recruitment was the thing that, that bowled me over is I was talking to somebody that was like, if this staff was still at Clemson, he would probably already be committed to Clemson. And I was like, wow. So there was, even with his family's connections to Texas, there was so much respect for Brent Venables, Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, all those guys. They loved him. They really did. I think there had to be a, a situation where Colton just said, this is what I want to do. This is what's best for me. And letting his family probably over time come to accept that idea. Like just... Uh, okay, like our son is going to go to the school we've we've known to hate for so long. Like I, I'm sure that's a like I think about my dad and like me if I'd have went to Texas. Like I can't even fathom it. I can't imagine. So um, it, his his poor head would have just popped off. But you know th- that is that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. And OU fans, you know, I, I get that you're excited, but you can probably relate of how the other half would live, you know, how that could be in reverse. So, and, and again, a kid from Austin Westlake where OU has recruited hard through the years, really gone after a lot of big time guys missed out on Jaden Greathouse this year, sure. the, the big tight end at Westlake uh, or tight end receiver, however you kind of look at him. And, you get into that. I mean, it's it's just been a place where OU, for all the success they've really had around the greater Austin area, they've never been able to win at Westlake until now. You know, it, it's also funny, and we were talking about it, you know, before we started recording, Josh. Just the fact that it seems like for the first time in a while, the meltdown isn't on the Oklahoma side as far as losing a kid. What kind of player is uh, Vasic? I think that you automatically turn on the tape a pretty violent player. Uh, at 6'6", 230, and I'm sure that he's going to get a little bit heavier once he gets into his senior season. Well, you know, and I feel like we can't go a podcast right now without mentioning Jackson Arnold in some way, so we've got to say Jackson Arnold is very excited about this commitment because there is a clip early in his in Colton's tape of him taking down uh, Jackson Arnold in the state championship game. They, they played each other, uh, and I'm pretty sure Jackson's going to be excited that guy's not chasing him around anymore. Um but Vasek's a big, long guy. I mean, really, you're like that. I, I, I have yet to see him in person as ever. I will fix that coming into the football season. But this is, I mean, his length and his hands, like I, you watch just clip after clip of offensive linemen just trying to get to his body and they can't do it. He's so long 
that as they reach for him, he can get hands to them. And he's so, you know, you'd expect it from a program like West. Like he's really well coached, really versed. Uh, again, you know, with a father with a, a very serious football background, there is just a lot of technical advancement in his game. He, he's very far ahead. But at the same time, He's got a ton of room to grow. I mean, he yeah. he's listed at 6'4", 220. That looks pretty accurate based on what I'm looking at on tape. And I'm really intrigued to see what Westlake does with him. There's some clips of him playing middle linebacker where they're bringing him. You know, I mean, he's blitzing is what you see on the tape. But they use him in a lot of ways. He's a, he's a really good athlete. I think maybe would surprise some people as they watch him and watch him move around. And that was the thing that stood out to me on tape. You can see a lot of quarterbacks that kind of, and you guys know how it is. Like the, you've got these long levered, long limbed kind of guys. They don't look like they're moving that fast. And then all of a sudden they're, they're on you. And you can see a couple of quarterbacks thinking, Oh, I've got time. He's not going to be here for a second. And then they just get buried. Um, there, there's one of against Katie in the state semifinals where, you know, obviously Westlake playing the great, great Katie program and, uh, you know, Vasek was a big part of Westlake just burying Katie. I think it was like a four or five touchdown win. I mean, that they really were dominant that day. So, um, he, he's, he's a big time guy. Sure. I mean, th- there's, there's no question. And you can see why OU made him such a focus. Oklahoma up to 19 commitments now in the 2023 class, all of a sudden, number seven in the rivals team rankings. But, you know, Obviously, there's been a lot of attention, and Bob wrote about it this morning just as far as what kind of month July was for Oklahoma. They're now up to uh, now 10 commitments. Uh, They have more four-star commitments than three-star commitments, believe it or not. I I think that that, you you told somebody that in the middle of June, they would have thought, what the heck, where'd this come from? Uh, but you look at all the wins on the defensive side of the ball. This kind of uh, you know puts a, a little bit of a, a capitalization or an exclamation point next to uh, Derek LeBlanc, J- Josiah Wagner, Lewis Carter, uh, PJ Adabore. It, it's and it even I guess in a way started with Phil uh, Picciotti at the beginning of the month. Josh, it just seems like I don't know how to explain it, and I want to get into the party at the palace. But right now, with what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. It's amazing to me the level of buy-in. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but there is a level of buy-in without even having seen what this staff is going to put together on the field. And obviously that's going to come together here over the next month with practice starting on Thursday. That You hit the nail on the head, Eddie. That's what's amazing to me is you knew there were a lot of defensive guys that knew who Brent Venables was and that he was already recruiting at Clemson. And that was going to, that was going to have some impact. I'll admit, even I'm surprised by how much this is resonating with these kids. Like, they really are buying into this is a whole new thing at Oklahoma. I mean, the, the, we, everything's going to be different. I, I mean, guys, like, we look at it. What, what is, what do we always talk about? I mean, there is, and I keep saying guys, Eddie, sorry. I know it's just you and me here talking, buddy, but it, it really feels like, um, these guys are like, it's just been the slate being wiped clean like right whatever is in the past is in the past now is now and you know you we talk about it all the time these guys i mean like they sure they want to win they want to have success but they're looking at nfl track record and they're saying todd bates brent venables and you know miguel chavis is, is kind of weird to include in this but clearly these guys believe in him and what he brings to the table 
that these guys are the ones that are going to get me where I want to go. That they're going to help me get to the NFL. They're going to develop me. They they believe in the track record that exists from their time at Clemson. It's not something where they're saying, "Well, let's see if it works at Oklahoma." The, they're buying in, and I think a big part of that. And I know we've talked about how much we hate this word continuing to be used with his staff, but it's just valid. Is the energy? You know, we saw Miguel Chavis's tweet after the announcement of Colton Vasek. Sure, just. They bring so much to these guys that I think it just becomes infectious, and then they it makes them more open to what these coaches are telling them, what what they're saying. This is our vision. This is where we can go. And I, like I said, I, I think it's just it's a it's really hard. It, it would have been hard for me to believe in June that they would be where they are with not only guys like Colton Vassett, because I I mean I, to me this is one of the more surprising commitments in the last. Five or six years, like wow. this one bowls me over. I I never would have believed this was possible. Is it is it mainly because he's from Austin and all the angles there, or just I mean, you talk about his official visit going even back to I think it was the first week of June when he made it. The job that they did to stay after him to keep continuing to get him to buy in. The fact that they even got him to Norman over the weekend. There is there has to be something that they're selling as far as the culture, and I'm sure that it doesn't help. Uh, doesn't hurt also that they have a good defensive line group that has come back that can kind of sell them on the idea of what they are trying to build. They worked with them during the spring, and now all of a sudden you look up, and it seems like everything they've been touching is uh, kind of going to roses. Well, just think, like, remove all that we think we know now. Just take, like, if, if we, take OU Texas, take all that out of it. This is a kid from your rival's hometown sure. whose father played for your rival who plays at a school that has never produced, or at least in the modern era, has not produced a player that played for your school that on top of that he's being recruited by a position coach who has never coached a game at the position it's amazing that is his primary like that that's a non-starter like you wouldn't even like if you wrote that up in a recruiting little bio no there that school has no chance at that guy that it and i am I, again, I am owning my guilt, and I I added all that up and was like, no, there's no way this happens. And it's, again, man, it's a tribute to Miguel Chavis. And I think we can finally, you know, whatever, and I, I think we all acknowledge, like we thought a lot of Jamar Kane, and I think there was a feeling like maybe that was the way this should have gone. You know, you could add Bates and Kane, and we talked about it. I don't know how you can question it now. Sure. Like, I mean, a- unless those defensive ends are just not up, to, you know, like if, if for some anomaly here, which I just don't believe is is a plausible, uh, you know, ending to this story. I, golly, I mean that that looks like an incredibly good hire. Like it sounded like a flyer when it happened, and now you're like, I I don't know how you got him away from Clemson. Well, and it just kind of reemphasizes how important that week was when everybody kind of thought it was a little bit in limbo. It's like, okay, they, they, I think that they're going to get Todd Bates, but or no, they had already gotten Miguel Chavis, and it was like, are they going to be able to get uh, Todd Bates? And it, you know, they called themselves Salt and Pepper, uh, you know, from the from day one. But it seems like that comfort and ability to know each other, to recruit alongside one another, is going to continue to pay off, and that kind of leads into the party at the palace where you walk away from the weekend. And, I mean, I know that we were talking a little bit about it in the war room with Bob. It just seems like, I mean, to say things went well is probably putting it lightly in comparison to not only today's news, 
but what could come down the road when you start talking about the David Hicks of the world, you start talking about Jordan Renaud, you start talking about, you know, they're probably not loosely affiliated with it, but, but Jacoby Johnson, Macari Vickers now. It, it just seems like there is a certain something that they're able to do. Like I, I was talking to a buddy earlier, and it's like, it just feels different. I don't know how to explain that. You, there's not really any proof out there other than there's something that it is in the water in Norman right now that people are basically drinking up. I, I, I put it in the Sunday notes that I put up kind of just, and I, I didn't have a ton new, but I was like, people need to hear like this wasn't all just like some dream on Saturday. This really happened. And so I start writing it out and since Thursday of last week, I have put in a forecast for obviously Colton Vasek, so that that one's already down. I put one in for David Hicks, the number 12 overall player in the country, a five-star defensive lineman from Houston, and uh, as well as Makari Vickers, the, the Rivals 100 cornerback from Tallahassee. That's three Rivals 100 guys I pegged in the matter of like four days. And it just got me interested. I was like, well, let me see. And forgetting guys like P.J. Atabare and all the other guys that could be part of this class and where they may end up ranked, those three guys, rivals 100 defenders, if Oklahoma were to land those guys, that would be the first time that, uh, I, excuse me, they haven't exceeded that total of rivals 100 defensive players since the class of 2009. When Brent Venables was the defensive coordinator, Lincoln Riley was an inside receivers coach at Texas Tech, and Alex Grinch was coaching DBs in Wyoming. Like, that tells you, like, how far that th- this has gone on, or how long this has gone on, and how crazy what they're doing is for a staff that hasn't coached a game of football together yet. Like, that... I, it's really, really hard. And I, and I really, in May, again, like we joked about the start of the pod, I was trying to keep everybody calm. I don't think I could have written this in any way that would have felt plausible because it just keeps turning up in their direction. And I, again, I, I hear great stuff about the Jordan Renaud visit. Uh, I, like I said, I think Macari Vickers, I think OU clearly leads right now. Uh, Jacoby Johnson, I continue to just think, any day now like i don't know what he's what he's waiting on and that doesn't mean like it's something bad i just sure there's clearly something that he's not quite ready for but again our michigan publisher put in a forecast for oklahoma over the weekend like there is nothing but positivity in ou recruiting right now they're going to miss some guys it's there's there's going to be some some beats it's it's inevitable but right now man i don't think there's a school that's hotter as far I mean, and I, I know like Alabama's landed some big guys, but I just mean as far as like every race they're in, they're winning right now. I mean, I don't want to like make just bold proclamations, but I asked you over the weekend, like, you know, you're talking about getting Vickers and if, or excuse me, uh, Vasic, and then say they do get a David Hicks, and we can get into that here in a second. It just seems like over the last month, is this the most positive and I, I some people were talking about this on the board and it really made me start thinking is this the biggest month Oklahoma's had in the recruiting just as far as the amount of commits the importance of some of those commits it just seems like this is maybe one of the biggest months OU's had in a long long time I I can't think and of maybe more so to Josh too the fact that it is building momentum and I, I mean I remember talking here in the middle of June it's like do they just not believe in momentum? Maybe that's the difference between them and the previous <laughs> regime. And now we look like absolute idiots. 
it I would say the month of July is probably the best recruiting month I've ever covered in 21 years with the network with rivals with Sooner Scoop the whole thing last weekend may end up being one of the most productive weekends I've ever seen and did so with like 15 guys on campus like it wasn't it wasn't like oh they you know they had 40 guys and landed 10 of them for a 25% hit rate like oh you may end up signing the vast majority of guys who were on campus this weekend it's amazing and there were just one i mean one top tier dude after another like right. it's just it's unbelievable how high their success rate was and i mean you know the what's crazy is we're talking about all this and there's all these guys like i said i mentioned jordan renaud in passing Jordan Renaud, in a lot of classes, would be the premier chip of their defensive, you know, class. He may end up a top 100 guy himself, uh, and you know, it, I I feel like I've glossed over him, and it's not that's got nothing to do with OU's interest or where they feel about him or anything like that. It's just there is so much coming out of this weekend, and uh, you know, w- when you talk to the players, the other recruits, like it, it really. Guy, we always have read guys say, you know, oh, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Right. They're not. There, there is more <laughs> to come out of this weekend. Like, it's not even it's not even a debate for me. I I woke up, like I said, I, I got a I woke up on Saturday with a text message and it was like four guys were believed to have made decisions. And one of them I, I can now say was was Colton Vasic. And like I said earlier, I didn't believe it. And I was like, there's no way. Four, no. And then a little later, it was like, one more got added. One more. I got rumors of six guys that made decisions on Friday night. I don't know that that, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we'll see what happens. Sure. But I think that David Hicks not taking, not like returning home. Like, he would have just had to drive back to Katy and he would have went right through College Station or, you know, could easily have done so. Sure. And chose not to. He just stayed in Norman and hung out on Saturday. Is like, that almost more surprising than the Vasek news? Just that, as far as them almost kind of reinserting. Like, once Vasek makes the trip and then he, you know, you mm-hmm. do get where that he commits, it's like, okay, that's as surprising as that is, mm-hmm. you can live with almost everything else. The Hicks news and him being the five star, him being the guy that I think everybody believes he could be, I mean, you're starting to talk about like maybe this class could be one of the best. Oklahoma classes they've had, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years of the rivals era. Yes. That, that, when I got that news and was able to, cause I, I, um, you know, when you started to hear, uh, you know, things went really well with Hicks, like it, it just went really good. And I started getting phone calls from, you know, and I mentioned all the time, like you use the network and I'm getting calls from reporters at other schools. Like, have you heard this? Like, did, did you know? And they, and they really thought they had news for me. And it was just like, okay, this is everywhere. Like, this yeah. is like, I'm getting national guys hitting me up. Like, did you hear something about this David Hicks visit? I'm like, yeah. So, like, it, there is, that was the moment when I was like, maybe this is a top five class. Like, and I never, I think this is the first time I've actually said that out loud. But, like, if you get Hicks and you land a few other of these key pieces you're looking for, it's possible. How I mean, su- like, it, it becomes a thing. How surprising is that feedback nationally? I, not to give away too much, but it just seems like 
Now it's like, holy shit. Like people are almost buying into this idea that like mm-hmm. maybe Brent Venables is going to be okay. Maybe Miguel Chavis is going to be okay. Maybe Todd Bates mm-hmm. really can do what he's done. And we were almost like negating his resume because we just didn't want to believe it in a way. It's not like we weren't doing that, but people from the outside in, it's like all of a sudden they've woken up to this idea like, well, maybe Oklahoma football isn't doomed. You know, I think, and I do want to step back for one second. I, I want to be clear to anybody listening. I spoke to David's father on Saturday, and he denied any any of the commitment rumors that are out there. Sure. So I want to be clear. I don't want to put a you know right. like a bullseye on David's right. back where they're like, what, what are you doing, man? Why are you waiting? Like, the, the family has said that didn't happen. So I will just say I think the visit went really, really well. That's right. Um, but, yeah, nationally, um, th- there's no question because I think people forget that national guys, even really good national guys, they cover it from, you know, 30,000 feet. Like, they, they can't be as entrenched as even, like, most OU fans that are on our board or really follow recruiting hard, however they may follow it, probably have a better feel most of the time in recruiting than than the national guys as far as what the vibe is around OU. Now, at the same time, the national guys are great because they – I can be like, well, you know, okay, I'm hearing this on this guy that OU's recruiting. What are you hearing? They're like, well, you know, I'm talking to this school and that school and that school, and the vibe is this. And so, like, you can kind of compare notes, and they have a little bit broader, you know, it's like being under an umbrella. They're kind of covered all the way around. But, yeah, they – I don't think there's any question that there has been a – well, I mean, nothing's happening. None of these guys are committing. We're hearing all these, you know, flowery words, and these guys love OU and all this, but – until it starts happening, it's really hard for a national guy to buy into it because they're hearing every school saying the same thing. Like every school is telling them, oh man, just give us a minute. It's about to really get rolling here. And I, I get it. Like it, it gets easy to filter that kind of stuff out. So I understand, but I mean, there's no question. Like nationally, people are taking notice. Like, oh, oh it's, this is not what we thought. And I think the probably the hardest thing, Eddie, is the idea that Oklahoma can now go, I mean, and they are proving it, they can go and compete with anyone in the country for defensive recruits. Like, they believe I mean, that and they're showing statement. they can do so. Think about I, that I know. statement. It's, it's I insane. Think it's, just, it's been so long since this specifically, like, focusing on the defensive side of the football. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say they've arrived. They haven't won a game. They haven't gotten off the field on a third down quite yet. But it's still just like there is something there that I think Oklahoma fans, they have to feel positive about. Well, you know, and again, I'm going to – I'll find a real easy way here to bring a little levity for OU fans. You remember when Arch Manning committed to Texas? Sure. Everybody nationally was like, well, this is proof. Like, Arch knows what a good program looks like. He knows what, what, how it's supposed to operate. And, like, I don't even disagree with that idea. Like, uh, okay, he sees something there. Like, in his family and, you know, people that know football are telling him, yeah, this can work. So, great. Okay. Like, that, that, that was kind of as a, again, I use this term a lot, but kind of a proof of concept. Like, sure. Clearly, something's going right for a guy like that to make that decision. The same is now true for Oklahoma defensively. I think we all – it's interesting that Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, I feel like has been given more credence to what he – like, oh, yeah, he'll just keep that ship rolling offensively. No, you know. 
a ton of points. Meanwhile, defensively, everybody's like, well, I'm Brent Venables. I don't, I don't know if he can get that going. And I admit, I was one who people would ask, top 100 guys. When, 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 when do we get to cheer for those kind of guys and those kind of recruiting wins? And I was like, guys, I, I think it's a year or two. Like, I think there's got to be some proof. He's going to go get some guys. The, you know, the Lewis Carters, the, the guys like that that are really good players, but maybe for one reason or another, they kind of slip through the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Georgias. And OU goes and gets some good wins against, you know, UF or Florida State or whoever it may be. Okay. You could have never convinced me they were going to go land elite guys that everybody in the country wanted. I mean, Colton Vasek. I mean, he's, he, he chose Oklahoma over Dan Landing at Oregon. He chose him over his hometown Texas team. He had a bunch of other offers he could have looked at. And he, he chose Brent Venables in Oklahoma. And like I said earlier, so much of it was due to that respect he has for that coaching staff and the affinity, like just the connection he has. I, I, like I said, I told everybody to be calm two months ago. I get excited. I mean, forget calm. Like I, I get it, man. Like th- this is, as a recruiting guy that's done this 20 years, I don't think I've ever seen OU on a roll like this. Like it, it's, and I, I feel like more good stuff is coming. It's pretty unbelievable. We'll have the U40 coming up this week. We did want to uh, just get a little bit of a reaction pod to see kind of what the, uh, the pulse is out there. I'm sure that a lot of people are kind of wanting to know, like just how great this is. They want to do uh they want to, they want to feel good about themselves. And that's what we're doing over at Soonerscoop.com. Is that right? Is that right? You know how you Did feel? You, do you have something to say? Yeah, you know how you feel better? Go to SoonerScoopStore.com. Yeah, there you go. Go to SoonerScoopStore.com. Isaiah Thomas, like uh, we're clearing it out. Uh, $5 t-shirts, $10 hoodies. Uh, sent a lot of them out this weekend, so go check it out. Uh, also, still got the new unofficial 40 gear coming up and uh, spent all day working over at the screen printers. We got some really cool stuff coming. Can't wait to show it to you, but not ready yet. No, it's going to be exciting. And, it's time and, and to... Some uh, other- that's some other great news for the the merch of our future. There so will be, we can be there, all kinds of stuff cooking. We're, we're now a merch site. That's yeah. that's basically what we are now. Yeah, don't get that. It's going to be going to get them on the message boards all riled up. All well, Murdoch does is merch now. Ethel. Does he even know? Oh, he plays football. Well, I mean, I hey, don't know. When do they play a game? I don't Kerry, know. Kerry's got to put me on Just lots recruiting. of planes all over this country, people. Okay, he's got to sell some merch. I mean, this get is it, a. I had to choose merch over equipment this month. It sucks. Is the, is I want people right to know there's nothing that hurts Kerry more than not being able to buy equipment. He's a bit of an equipment Actually, junkie. yes. Broken laptops and broken cameras hurt me worse. <laughs> Fair enough. I've only done that once. Oof. At least break a camera. At and least that you wasn't can even tell me fault. what that happened to your player. camera. Yeah. Josh can't even tell us what happened to the laptop. That is true. That is true. I, no, but I, it, I, people really I, should be excited. I, I, no, I tried to... Yep. I, yep. I wanted Ryan to run the board to kind of teach someone else how to do it, so that's why you hear Josh cut in and out a little bit. I was trying to – our hand signals did not – we haven't developed them. We need, to work, on, we need to work on the, uh, the communication without communicating. <laughs> well, we, we've got some SEAL team training coming to us. That's we're, right. We're going to work on that, yeah. Yeah, we're, that's, that's next month. I can't wait to drown somebody. It's going to be fun. But media day tomorrow <laughs> is going to be fun. Yeah, uh, media Ryan day tomorrow. his first taste of media day. Media day tomorrow. Then Wednesday we'll pod, you know, have a regular U40. Regular U40 coming up on uh, Wednesday. And then obviously, uh, you know, I, I think that it's probably not over as far as the commitments go. Obviously, you got some waiting out there. And then obviously at the end of the month, uh, right before the start of the football season, there's going to be a couple more that, uh, you know, are deciding between Oklahoma and many national students. I'm just so. waiting for a recruit to blame Josh for putting in a forecast and ruining his moment. It's going to happen. 
that will be beautiful. Josh, we appreciate it. We will uh, start incorporating a bunch of video and all that kind of stuff here moving forward. But uh, we did want to uh, get out there today and uh, and get a little bit of an emergency pod going because this is a big deal. So we will talk to you on Wednesday for the unofficial 40.